For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in UCLA football podcast. We'll be here with a new episode for you right after this quick note. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. BetOnline is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. From basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, golf, to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your home. Get into the action today. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to join. And be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, that spells BELIEVE, to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, former UCLA linebacker Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? It's finally that time, you know, back in downtown Vancouver, and mm-hmm. it's, it's actually a game day today. Oh, it's so today? Preseason, <laughs> preseason game today, yes. I thought it was like on Friday or Saturday. Maybe I should look at the schedule. I should have the schedule, but I wasn't now expecting we're back. Preseason, preseason game today, and then season opener next Thursday. Okay. Home game today, then? Home game today. Okay. Away game next week. Same team. Why? Why do they do that? I don't want the scheduling in the CFL just doesn't make sense. Like you can have back to backs, like all the West teams play each other three times, the East mm-hmm. teams play each other four times, and a preseason game. So, like, literally, so, you could play the same team six times in one season. So, you're playing bo- both of the your preseason game and your home opener is at home. I mean, your your seat, yeah, your season opener is at home too. No, 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 no. It's the same team. Is we're going same we're playing team, against Calgary, but you're so we're going playing over against there. Calgary tonight. Yeah, in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Then next Thursday we'll be playing in Calgary again. Oh, okay. Or like I'm I, saying, like we're yeah, playing yeah, Calgary yeah. back to back. Yeah. No, I would because I was wondering if if you had two home games. I was wondering if that same team was just going to stay all week. But if you guys are going there, then they're going back home. Oh no! Usually, if it's a back to back, it's a home and away. Yeah, that makes at sense. least. I mean, but it's still weird that preseason and then so why would you even play the veterans today um sure I mean, tune up we, warm up but yeah pretty much so you know i mean most guys maybe you know first half hopefully i'll probably play special teams for a half you know and a linebacker for a quarter a quarter and a half something like that and then 
Yeah, I mean, it, you 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 want to give guys kind of that tune up at the same time. You don't want to give no game plan. You know, any players right. like play next week. It's like, yeah, you don't want to show your hand at all this week, um, and then give anything away. So it'll probably be limited. But just you know, to have that game feel again for the for us older guys, like tackling mm-hmm. again, hit somebody different. Um, yeah, you know those type of things. So, um, it should be good, good energy. Um, you know they got a pregame block party out for the fans. Mm-hmm. What they usually do for home games, they started early doing one for the preseason. Oh, uh, wow. The roof will be open in the dome. Oh yeah, New y'all doing it, y'all doing it big it's, out there. It's then, a good, huh? yeah, it's a good time to be in Vancouver, man. <laughs> so, um, before we get started, obviously this is the UCLA podcast. We'll talk about UCLA football here in a minute. Awesome. My Alexa um, thinks it's okay to talk to in the podcast. Anyways, as I was saying, this is the UCLA podcast, but um, I'm curious, like as someone who played UCLA football, you, you moved on to the CFL. Do you, do you still get nervous for games, butterflies? And, and what is the routine at this point? Because I, if I would have known it was game day, I probably would not have done a podcast today. So sorry if I messed up any superstitions, routines. And all that. <laughs> no, I'm vibing, you know. Um, before the game, still trying to, you know, stay loose, stay relaxed, stay calm, mm-hmm. not overthinking it all. Um, like our coach says, uh, you want to have a good level of nervous. You don't want to be too nervous, and you right. don't want to be not nervous at all. So any kind of nerves, good. That means you care and you're ready to go. So, mm-hmm. um, do I still get nervous? Yes. I mean, still have a little anxiety in that. That's just the nature of. It. And even though I've been playing this for my whole life, like. I mean, it's still football, but I still think the way I think about the game and um, the way I approach it, I want to be great. I know, you know, I just it's not like I never arrived. I don't want to just be playing like I want to be playing good. So um, still have that. And then now, yeah, being a pro, I mean, I guess the pregame is kind of different because the majority of the time you're on your own as far yeah. as like what I want to eat, what I want to put in my body, you mm-hmm. know, tr- like traveling, especially home games. It's whenever I, you know, want to arrive at the arena, when I want to you know, do my warm-ups and, you know, those things. I always try to go to chapel before the game. They always have that for us. And, um, yeah, but, you know, might grab Subway before the game, walk walk to the stadium, get a nice walk around and stuff like that. <laughs> Are you really that close? Though, cause, Are you that close? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally – I live literally a few minutes from from oh, wow. the stadium this year. So, um, it's going to be a cool little – nice little warm team, though. Maybe warm up a little bit with a walk just to get yeah, over Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but, like, my on-the-field warm-up, I would say it's pretty consistent from what I built at UCLA as far as like run out there, uh, you know, run around the field, you know, then my do my little calisthenics and, you know, stretching and stuff like that, try to mm-hmm. gear up and then get some drops in, maybe a little bit of stretching, more stretching, and then go back in. So like that type of stuff is still kind of the same as mm-hmm. far as like trying to get on the field like an hour and a half, two hours before, before uh, the game. And like my still, like I said, like my same – movements of warmness that I, I kind of built that regimen up at UCLA. I tried to keep it consistent because I feel like it, it keeps me loose and that type of thing. So still yeah. M- much different from any UCLA game, whether it's home or, or away. Obviously when you're playing at home, you're playing at the Rose Bowl. So there was no walking distance. You were, you guys were getting on the bus no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll talk more about UCLA, the Rose Bowl and, and the start of the schedule here in a little bit. But want to start off with the pot start off the podcast with some unfortunate news. Uh the passing of former defensive coordinator Bill McGovern. We just talked about him last week. And um while we didn't know what the status was, you know, there, it was really the first kind of indication we when we found out he or at least 
you know, if you kind of put the puzzle pieces together that he had cancer just based on uh, the pictures of Chip Kelly and offensive line coach Tim Drevno being at that cancer fundraiser event just, what was it, two or three weeks ago now, um, you know, so uh, kind of weird how life and just how everything works, but we were literally just kind of talking about and having some sort of update uh, about McGovern just last week. And now um, I think I had like just woken up and I just, and I see it come across. Like I was literally about to start my day. I was actually getting ready to go to the gym. I'm trying to get, um, get back on my, my gym grind here. Um, yes, sir. But I hear the news and I was like, well, I think the gym is, is kind of canceled for today. I have to write up this story. So, um, Bill McGovern passes away at the age of 60. Um, I'll try and pull up the article, but just a little bit on McGovern. Um, he was hired as the defensive coordinator in February 2022. Uh, but as we all will kind of remember, and Josh, I'll kind of ask for your opinion on some of this here in a minute, but um, he was hired in February of 2022 uh, before missing five of the last six games. He did come back for the uh, Sun Bowl, which was against Pitt, and he even did a press conference and stuff. And part of me wonders what they if maybe they knew that it was serious or if there was a timetable or something. Um, but we would have never known just because I wasn't at the Sun Bowl. Um, it was in Texas, in El Paso. But I remember watching the press conference of Bill McGovern and you wouldn't have really even known he was sick. And he said the one thing that kind of energized him and kind of kept him in good spirits. Again, we didn't know what was going on at the time. Um, he -hmm. said was being around the guys being involved in football. And as I'm sure you can relate to, that's kind of your sanctuary that football kind of takes you away from life in a way, um, and everything that's going on in your life. And, and it's just kind of all about ball and, and being there with your brothers in that moment. So, um, I, I was able to kind of relate to what McGovern was saying in that moment. Um, but I, I think it was a classy gesture when you think about it and whether it's frustrating, if you're a member of the media or if you're a fan and not knowing what the deal is with McGovern at the time when he misses the first game, or actually we didn't know he missed the first game until after the fact, but then he misses the second game, the third game, the fourth game. And the defense kind of took a little bit of a hit um, and they kind of weren't really the same after that. Obviously, as more games kind of happen, tape, you know, the tape is out. Uh, other teams are able to kind of game plan more um, on what the UCLA defense is. But it did, you know, it, it did look different in, in terms of what they were doing um, in the production they were kind of doing or, or not putting up. But um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious, Josh, just your thoughts on when when you look back at the situation as a whole and the way Chip Kelly and UCLA kind of handled it for the most part, it never really got out. Um, Chip was classy and respectful for what, um, you know, for what was going on with McGovern and his family and like not, you know, putting out anything out there, keeping it close to the vest, you know, really, if we ever asked about him, he would just kind of say, you know, I talked to Billy, Billy's doing okay. Or, or, you know, I talked to Billy every day, Um, Mm -hmm. but that was about it. But I mean, does that, that I, I like to think that kind of speaks volumes to Chip Kelly and his character. Um, and, and every time you kind of think, man, Chip Kelly's hard to deal with, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, you kind of you kind of have these kind of moments here uh, where you can kind of look at Chip Kelly and say he 
he cares about his guys and he's looking after his guys. Yeah. And um, I mean, first, I want to, you know, send my condolences and prayers out to the McGovern family, um, all his friends, um, you know, colleagues. And I mean, even the players as well. Mm-hmm. That I mean, I'm sure they've in the in the short time you built relationships with your coaches, you know. Um, so I know it's probably tough on guys as well. But like, again, um, condolences out to um, his family. Um, and And yeah, shout out to Chip as well for the way that he handled the situation, um, did it privately in professional manner. Uh, and it, it just makes you think about a lot of times where people are quick to, you know, say things and bash people and be on the internet talking crazy. And you never know what, what somebody's going through. It reminds me of the Chadwick Boseman situation where he was getting clout on the internet, not knowing yeah. that he was fighting through cancer at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing fans throughout the season that were kind of bashing chip and bashing the football program for like what's going on with the DC. And this is happening behind the scenes. So I think people need to be aware and cognizant of knowing that they don't know what people are going through um, and not to be quick to say things and blame other people. Um, and I guess it like back to, but chip too, about like having things, keeping things in house, you see, uh, there's a lot of things that, that, um, him as well as other coaches, um, are able to not tell the media and keep things in house that things that, that teams deal with mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis that they don't leak. Um, and the team it's, it's kind of like, we really are a family and there's certain things that you keep inside the family. And things that we're told not to talk about, certain things that the coaches tell us not to talk about, you know, or to mm-hmm. mention. And it's one of those, one of those situations um, where they were able to keep it private. Because, I mean, you see situations like the Draymond Green, Jordan Poole situation. It's like fights and, you know, certain things yeah. like that that leak, get leaked to the media. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something so, they probably would have kept in-house if it was up to them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there's a lot of situations that people don't understand that go on for teams throughout the year, offseason, all these things that um, teams are dealing with internally. And you, you'll never know. Um, like you said, he wasn't showing it, you know. Um, so that that took a lot of strength. But yeah, in the, in the sports world, there's a like fans are so quick to you know blame mm-hmm. and criticize, but not understanding what people are dealing with. At the end of the day, um, we're humans first before we're football players, before we're football coaches, before we're anything else. We're human beings. Um, so yeah, watch. People got to watch. You know what they're saying, how they're criticizing yeah. people. Cause yeah, you never know what people are going through. And I, I think that's a good point. And um, thank you for sharing that and your perspective, because I think too, like a lot of fans just kind of see what's on the TV and, and that's all they see. So that's all they kind of know or all they may care about. But, you know, there's so much into it. Like you guys have school, you guys have practice, you guys are trying to balance a social life and all that and let alone whatever the coaches are doing you know with being family, in there for hours back, in the office back home family, mm-hmm. yeah family might not be with them um they're bouncing around you know every couple years maybe for, from different programs different teams and usually usually they may just keep their family all in one spot whatever the case may be so um it's tough it's tough and i think it was a good wake-up call not a good wake-up call but i think it was a wake-up call uh for people and i saw some fans saying you know wow what if i if i would have known or you know, or, or whatever the case may have been. So, you know, I think it's one of those moments that kind of puts things in perspective for sure. Um, just a, a little bit more about McGovern here. And then I want to touch on another subject kind of related to this. Um, 
but uh, McGovern had coached for had four decades of coaching experience at the college and NFL level. Um, he missed four. Or he missed five of the last six games. Did I have that right? Uh, yeah, five of the last six games. And then um, he had just moved into a job when when we saw um, a lot of other guys getting promoted. Um, Bill McGovern moved into an administration role um, to kind of still stay with the program. He did have a two year contract, so I think it was kind of you know just kind of keep him. Uh, close to the program and and keep him involved as much as as he was able to um but just want to read some some sort of statements and stuff that kind of came along um this is from a statement from Bill McGovern's family uh he uh, I'll read some of it I don't have all of it here in front of me but he said we would like to thank the entire UCLA community for all the love and support you have shown Bill and our entire family during this very difficult struggle um, they go on to say it was an honor. It was the honor of Bill's coaching career to be the defensive coordinator for the UCLA Bruins. And this past season one was, was one of the highlights of Bill's coaching career. Um, Darren Chevrini, the former UCLA analyst who was there last year on staff and is now the coach at Chafee College, tweeted out, this one hurts, uh, not a better person to be around praying for his wife, Colleen, and their children. Love you, Billy. I remember Shea Pitts also tweeted something along the lines of, thank you for your passion. Um, definitely was a passionate guy, uh, especially when it came to football, when we were able to talk to him in the media. Um, he, he does have a history with Chip. They both coached at the, or he was on Chip's staff at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jerry Azanero was also a part of that coaching staff as well. Obviously, uh, Jerry Azanero was a defensive coordinator when Josh was playing. But then, um, you know, once he kind of stepped down from that position, Bill McGovern filled in in that role. So um, for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, just one, oh, one other thing I wanna mention, uh, just to put in perspective his playing career and the reason why he's on the ballot as a, or part of the reason why he's on the ballot as a candidate for the college football hall of fame, he's been on there the last like two or three years now. Um, uh, he was a defensive back at Holy cross. He tied a division one double a career record with 24 interceptions, including 11 during his senior season to set a division one double a season, season record, single season record. Excuse me. Um, he would go on to be named an all or consensus first team, all American in 1984 and was a two-time Eastern Collegiate Athletic Conference first team selection. So McGovern was a dog back in the day. Uh, 11, oh. interse 11 interceptions in your senior season. That's nuts. Um, usually what guys get like three or four nowadays, if any. Especially because like once you, yeah, once somebody has a few, like quarterbacks mm -hmm. kind of stop. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But 11, that's kind of irresponsible just for the other team. They're, they're, they have, they had no respect on McGovern's name back then. If they continue to oh throw God. the ball his way. Almost won a game is, is crazy. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, he's currently listed as a candidate for the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. Um, I believe that ballot comes out later this week or next week. I do vote for that. And, um, you know, uh, obviously we'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, 
you know, hopefully one day he's able to kind of make it in into the College Football Hall of Fame. I think that'd be uh, a great honor for him. Um, but just kind of circling off of that, Josh, I also going back to Chip Kelly, too, in the situation with Bill McGovern. I think it really now also put I think I think. Sadly, we had a, we got answers after McGovern has passed away, but I think it also answers why they were so quiet about the defensive coordinator hiring and situation. We never knew of any candidates. We never knew they were looking. You know, we didn't know anything until it was pretty much when Danton Lynn was hired is when we found out that McGovern was changing to role. That's when we found out about Deshaun Foster and everyone else uh, getting their different titles and roles. But, I mean, UCLA, I mean, it, it, it really puts in perspective for me that there's so much that goes, like you said, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. And it's like, you know, if we can get one little nugget off of Twitter, then it'll be something we can ask Chip about. But like none of this, none of this was like put out there. Um, and usually like coaching hires or or searches, like they're kind of out there. And I mean, I don't know if they told Lynn like, hey, like, let's keep it on the low. I don't know who else was involved, but just very kind of interesting. Yeah. You, you have any kind of thoughts on again? Because we I mean, we were sitting here like, who's the defensive coordinator? What are they doing? We don't know. Like we probably had episodes around that topic. Yeah, and the fact that we had brought up last week, and then as soon as I seen the tweet and I sent it to you, I was just yeah, like, sent it "Wow!" To me. Like this, I was really sad. Like, yeah, man, like I'd even, I'd even really get to like, I didn't get to you know, know McGovern or anything like mm-hmm. that. But I still felt like, as the in the Bruin Brotherhood, like I felt yeah. the loss, and I, I mean it, it shows how hard it is to to have to have a winning season and a successful season like this. Every year, there's hurdles for teams. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, many of which the hurdles are, are never um discuss unless it's like uh you know starter player that's injured for the year like those situations are the ones you know when i hurt my shoulder it has to be announced you know certain certain things like that where it's like if you get a season injury those are the news that you hear about you know but there's a lot of things that you know go on that you don't hear about or that will never be put in the media but it can Mm -hmm. have a lasting effect on the success of a team's season um so yeah, for the fans out there that bash teams, you know, that have rough years, you never know yeah. what the team is is dealing with. That team was a, basis. that team was a national title contender last year. Now they're, you know, only won five games. What's the deal? Make it, you know, anything. Um I thought that was interesting. You kind of mentioned your injury there. Is that something you would have tried to keep? I mean, it probably we probably would have asked Chip if we would have saw you and you were in a sling or something, but if it was up to you, like, would you have not you preferred just to kind of keep it on the low or did it lead? Do you think it maybe you started getting more questions, people asking questions outside of the program or stuff like that? I was like looking back to my my shoulder one. I don't remember how that one leaked out, but my with my knee injury. I remember I didn't say anything for a little bit. Like it was mm-hmm. a while before that one kind of like. And I'm pretty sure like Chip asked me about it. And I was like, yeah, I haven't said nothing about it yet. Like, I don't mm. know what you want to do. I know that they were asking other players. And other players were like not saying much. But then there was a certain point where like, uh, it might, I don't know if it was before or after. It might have been something. And I did an article on after. Um, mm-hmm. And then like they started. And then everybody was more I like. It, Aware was, of it, it yeah. is what it was at that point. Yeah. I was like, yeah, y'all can talk about it at this point. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. But um, it's like injuries is like. Unless it's one of those injuries where, like, I'm going to come back from it in a few weeks. Mm-hmm, but if it's like a mm-hmm. season ender, 
is what it is. You know what I'm saying? You know what? And I think that's why with, with Chip, he won't say, like, if there's a chance you can come back, he won't say. He'll just say, oh, Josh is okay, or Josh is back there. Or we'll see how he practices today or if he practices today. And he'll, like, come like, up with like something. Like well, We don't yeah. know what happened, right. what, what was going we don't on. Know. It, I think they were just resting him, to be honest. But it's like, but but you don't know. And that leads to, spe- like, speculation and everything else. But, you know, uh, if it is a season-ending injury, Chip Kelly will say um, that's what he said about Martin Andrews. It's like he the like, you know, he started doing good. He was looking like he was going to be playing a lot the first three weeks of this last season. And then he mm. went down again. And then we asked him and Chip's like, yeah, Martin's done for the year again. Like he. Yeah. He, that, he, I mean, and, and, and you're like, damn, that, that shit that shit preaches is protect the team first. Like, is, are your actions going to protect the team? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of those things where he feels like he's protecting the team or protecting the team by. Yeah. Not leaking the information about people's. You know, because certain situations, like if you look at information, the guy mm-hmm. comes back. Another team hears what's hurt on somebody. Yeah, exactly. They start potentially targeting mm-hmm. that ankle, that leg, that or just knowing, like running the ball to your side because they, you know, they know you're not 100 percent or everything starts coming kind of coming your way and they're going to wear you down or or whatever the case may be. They start game planning differently around you. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's why I chip. Say what you want. People yeah. can say whatever they want <laughs> yeah. about you. But he knows what he's doing, yeah. The team cares about the boys, cares mm-hmm. about his friends, and he will... That's one thing, like, Chip is real loyal to his people. Like, people need to understand that Chip is real loyal to his people. So if you're one of his guys, like, he's going to take care of you for sure. I think we I think we definitely learned that with Azanero. Um, I think a lot of fans <laughs> learned that because it was like, they were asking for dude to go. I know he's your defensive coordinator, but they were asking for dude to go like the year I got there and started covering the team. But and that was like but three that's years. That's the thing. But if you really, but if people really know football, yeah. like it, you like some things were not him. Some things were we had injuries and guys. I mean, y'all were just rebounding from a big turnover. Yeah, I'm just saying, as between, it was between <laughs> between losing players and yeah. them having to make do what they had and injuries. Mm-hmm. Like there was games where. Think about it. Me, as one of the older linebackers, me going down. Okay, you have to fill in with guys that haven't played as much, don't have as yeah. much experience. Chris Barnes had the was the only one with experience, and he had only started a few games in the season. Then you had, like, I remember my my senior year, you had – uh we were we had lost some guys, like, moving around. Like, I had to play a different position. You had uh, Q Lake get hurt early on in the season. That's a starting safety yep. with playing experience. Now you have to put somebody else back there that hasn't mm-hmm. had much. Like, you know, certain things are just like. It starts adding up. Where it's college just, football yeah. is so tough because a lot of times you you can try to build and have the depth that you want. But at a certain point, sometimes you got to put in kids with not experience and they have to learn on the fly. And it's yep. like you're teaching them all the technique and you can call the best plays you want. But you're depending on an 18, 19 year old kid to mm-hmm. to be perfect. All right. You can't teach experience, so it's like they're gonna have to get out there at some point, and maybe it's not the situation you wanted them to to get out there and get experience in, but you know it might be beneficial in the long run with some of the guys, you know, like Kenny Churchwell. A lot of a lot of stuff where, let alone he overcame some of his injuries, but it's like, yeah, when other safeties go down or stuff like that, then he he started playing, he started getting in the mix. Like by week two or three, I got a lot more familiar with his name because he had to kind of step up and he had some pretty good games right off the bat. It's it's it's. College football is amateur for reason. It's for development and growth. You know, you're mm-hmm. not pros yet. So this is the this is literally college this, is that window yeah. mm-hmm. to you know 
start to perfect your craft and build upon it and really, you know, learn. So, um, and I mean, as you've seen from as, as his first year to his last, like the development of guys that stayed through those years and got built through that process and, mm-hmm. um, were some of the guys that we had lost this year then yep. you're gonna that see, got drafted, you're gonna yeah. see this season the things and you're, are there people gonna be like wanting to fire uh lynn automatically like right. no because you got to understand the process i mean there should be some level of patience this year you would think but you never know everybody just wanted to take a quick break to remind you guys that the football season is right around the corner and when you're headed out to the rose bowl what better shirt to wear than a believe in ucla football podcast shirt By doing that, you're going out, you're going to the game, you're supporting your team, and you're supporting your favorite podcast at the same time. Some of the proceeds go back to the podcast and help support the content and the different things that we have planned going forward. So what better way to, again, support your team and your favorite podcast than by picking up the shirts? Now, where can you find these shirts? They're available at the Believe Network store. And we made it very easy for you. Scroll down on this podcast. Check out the description. I got two links there for you for two different shirts. Make sure you check them out. Find the one that's right for you. And hopefully I see you wearing them out at the game. I'd love to see you wear them. Moving along here to another piece of UCLA information that kind of or news that kind of came out yesterday. Uh, The Holiday Bowl is suing the Pac-12 and the UC Regents. After UCLA for because after UCLA pulled out of that game in 2021, um, did did you hear about this at all? Like yesterday? Yeah, I saw that. I got the the ESPN update. Yeah, I saw. Alert. I saw the ESPN alert and I was like, huh? And then, like random. I was like, then, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that was like out of mind, out of sight. Like that was even last year. It was like I forgot. It was all like about two years. Yeah, it was like two years ago. And then I was like, huh? And then I'm like, let me look this up. And I was like, oh. Um, so just to kind of summarize some of that real quick, um, the organization that runs the Holiday Bowl is suing the Pac-12 Conference and the UC Regents uh, because of the game, citing COVID-19 concerns, or is because UCLA backed out, citing COVID concerns. Um, the, the San Diego Bowl Game Association is seeking $3 million in compensation in a lawsuit filed Wednesday in Superior in California Superior Court in San Diego County. Uh, UCLA had announced less than five hours before kickoff against North Carolina State that they were pulling out because three defensive linemen tested positive for COVID. I feel like it was more than five. It was less than five hours, but okay. <laughs> UCLA, oh, and I only say that because I was on the freeway and I was like, when I found out and I had to like turn around. Um, yeah, so there's a 10-page thing that after 17, there was a seven-page report or 10-page report that after 10, after, sorry, the 10-page report filed comes after 17 months of negotiation between the Bull organization and the Pac-12 trying to come to a re- resolution but eventually fail. Uh, the filing by the Bull organization alleges a failure of defendants to accept responsibility and accountability for their conduct which caused substantial damages to the plaintiff. Pretty much saying, you know, a lot of people had come into town and then they had to, you know, refund the tickets. They lost money from the ad revenue. They had to pay money back. And I think I read something. Um, I'm not going to read the whole story, but there was also like something along the lines of they were supposed to pay Oregon, who played last year. 
and they they haven't paid Oregon. I think they're kind of holding that money until over like the conference's head. Um, so Oregon, yeah, Oregon has not been paid, or the Pac-12 has not been paid. Uh, the two million it owes the Ducks for participating in the game, saying it applies towards the damages for the cancellation of the 2021 game. So even Oregon is suffering. I haven't even looked to see what Oregon's or their fan base may be saying about it, but um, that's something we'll kind of keep an eye on. I I, I kind of try not to get into the the law and legal yeah, and court yeah, stuff I, I if like, I have yeah, to. What are, your, what are your thoughts? I, I can I'm just like, things, I mean, it's fine, but it's like, it's COVID. And it's like, you... I mean, there was kind of that risk going into it. If if that was something you were worried about and if the potential of, of the game falling apart for whatever reason, and the Holiday Bowl was only one of a few games that did fall apart. Um, and when I say fall apart, I mean, it didn't happen was because, I mean, because of COVID, but everyone decided to still have their games. And, you know, the fact that it came down to the final days leading up to it, I mean... When Chip knew, we don't know how far or maybe he was waiting, thinking guys are going to be healthy or whatever, but um, it just didn't come together. So they had to pull out the game. So, I mean, I get it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I see like, <laughs> like okay, for, okay, from the holidays, Bulls perspective, right? Mm-hmm. All right, you are going to play in this game and then you don't play. Okay, we need our bread. And it's like, Y'all didn't pull out early enough for us to find a replacement. Right. And what that, is like, early enough? What is that? I, what is the deadline? <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, at what point? Like a week? Mm-hmm. Four, like four or five days? Like, right. That's the point where, like, okay, I understand. I would kind of be, I'd be upset if I was mm-hmm. them for that. Mm-hmm. I'm playing devil's advocate here. Like, no, okay. I get it. Yeah, y'all, that makes sense. Y'all had COVID. There was mm-hmm. COVID questions going into yeah. leaving for San Diego. So we're not going to act like there wasn't the no immediate. The media didn't know that though. We didn't know that. I think one of the first people were already no people were already missing practice. Yeah, but they're not going to tell us that. But they're not going to tell us that. Or I think they weren't even letting us. Maybe this is why. But they didn't even let us go to bowl. They weren't saying COVID. Let us go to bowl practice though. Yeah, they weren't saying COVID. But I remember. I remember people not being at practice. (laughs) So then that that was already like red flag. Yeah, and then. So you already knew you had COVID going on. Y'all didn't pull out. Y'all thought. But then I say the UCLA's version though too. It's like. Okay, people might have had COVID, mm-hmm. but they should be back, or we should be able to make this game, you know. And we're gonna try everything we can to make this game. Mm-hmm. And then it so happens that more people end up getting COVID, so then we couldn't do it. But it's like yeah. we tried our best for y'all, mm-hmm. you know. So I think the main reason why they couldn't get a replacement is because it was too deep into. Because I think bowl games start like December first or something, but it was so deep into the month because the bowl games end like you know january 7th is the national championship game usually but every team that wasn't in the bowl game in a bowl game had already went home so it's not like you can really kind of come up with an opponent because everyone went back home and stuff so but i feel like wasn't there there was another bowl game that didn't get played though right i think there was and they could have put something together and i don't know why they. i'm saying like i'm saying like if two bowl game if two teams can't do it then Mm -hmm. the other two teams play in the game yeah, but then but then it comes down to what play what bowl game are they playing? Who you know y'all better y'all better y'all team figure up. it out. <laughs> Would you rather yeah, rather have a half a bowl or no bowl at all? Yeah. If y'all about your money, y'all work it out. Um, but yeah, so so we'll uh we'll we'll circle back on that as more news comes about. Uh, I just want to finish off real quick while we have a few minutes before we kind of wrap things up here. Uh I just want to run through this 
the times with you for the non-conference games and kind of get your kind of quick reaction and see what comes to mind for you. Um, UCLA football opens the season against Coastal Carolina September 2nd at the Rose Bowl, 7.30 p.m. start. Then you got UCLA playing at San Diego on the road on the road September 9th. The game will be at 4.30 p.m. and will be on CBS. Then you have the Bruins back at the Rose Bowl to take on NC Central and HBCU um, for a 2 p.m. kickoff, and that will be on the Pac-12 network. Your thoughts? First game, way too late. Um, Wait. I feel like close. Really? 7.30? Everyone, everyone loves that because, they remember, remember, People don't show up to the first game and it looks empty and then they talk crap because it's so hot and it is hot. Kind of. I mean, I'm in the but press box, so it don't matter. I'm, think, I'm thinking nationwide <laughs> pub. 730. Yeah. But you're like, on ESPN, though. So, but sure, the yeah, East Coast may not be watching, but. a ten. Think about it. It kicks off yeah. at 1030 East Coast time. Yeah, but that's packed up after dark. That's, that's that, crazy. Yeah. But that's the, that's the whole I, dilemma. But yeah. I feel like Coastal has a, a a decent enough reputation where that could have been a four. That's true. Kickoff. It could have. I think if their Maybe quarterback, five. I think their quarterback that's that's kind of helped them get to the prom. You know the success that they've had. He's hurt. If he was healthy, then maybe. Maybe the game would have been in a little bit bigger of a spotlight. For for UCLA fans, I they better show up now because it's yeah. There's no the sun excuse. Will be down, so mm-hmm. you, yeah, you can't say it's too hot for those those early games that were last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I guess yeah, ESPN nationwide is just at the time slot. But yeah, uh, I think after the year UCLA had, I think you should, you know more mm-hmm. primetime games. Uh, you said wait, is it University or SESU or University of San Diego? They're playing San Diego State, the San Diego State Aztecs. At four thirty in San Diego, so SDSU. Oh, that's that's yeah. that's respectable. Mm-hmm. And then the last game, pack on being on Pac twelve, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. so. Again, there should be no excuse, right? Why folks cannot go to the San Diego State game? Yeah, you can't say it's too early. You can't say other yeah. stuff going on. It's at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening at seven thirty? Yeah. For the home game, for the season opener, yeah. Either the first two games, fans should be at. There's, there should be no reason why folks aren't at San Diego or in the Rose Bowl for the season opener. Yeah, rolling off of what nine and three. Mm-hmm. I think you know we got to keep it high. If UCLA fans always want to complain, then then show up and show and out. And, then... and if they don't show up, I'm gonna write about it because I'll write about the attendance again. Because it's like if I got if my timeline has to be filled with this Rose Bowl being empty stuff, then it's like. Did you go to the game? Yeah. Did y'all why why yeah. did you go to the game? Anyways, we'll leave you guys on that and let y'all think about it. Um, so with that being said, thank you guys for thank you guys so much for joining and listening to the podcast. Once again, make sure you guys subscribe, tell your friends, and as always, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. And again, this episode has been presented by Bet Online. Thank you, everybody. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.